Step three, let us hold fast our confession. Let us hold fast our confession. Now, it's very interesting that these first four um, let us, and I want you to catch all these in Hebrews are let us. It's not let me. It's not let I. It's not you. It's us. God has a plan for the church. He has a plan for us. There are some things that I do on my own. There are other things that we do together. Let us hold fast our confession. But it's interesting, these first four are all in Hebrews chapter 4. Hebrews chapter 4, verse 14. Therefore, since we have a great high priest who has passed through the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold fast our confession. We need to understand what this word confession means. And it's derived from the original Greek in the New Testament, which means to say the same as. To say the same as. That's the basic meaning of confession. But in this scriptural context, text, it means to say the same as God says. To say the same as God says. We make the words of our mouth agree with God's mouth. With God's word. And there is a a further implication of this word confession. It means to say it out boldly. No one's wondering how you feel when you say this. You say it boldly. Have you ever had someone say something to you boldly? You get it. You either, you get the implication, right? You ask me something that is very near and dear to my heart, I am going to react boldly and you will know where I stand. I don't know if that's a strength of mine or a weakness, but if you ask me where I stand, I will tell you. If you don't ask me, I won't. Is that deep? I'll say it regardless. I'm not talking about those that I'm pouring into. I'm talking about, I don't just offer controversial information. Oh, I love being around people that are real close to me all the time. I get one from the sound booth and one from the front row. It's great. Yeah, I, I hear you. I'm not listening anymore. All right, let's hold fast our confession. You know, when we say it boldly, it means we're not intimidated. And the word confession has such a tremendous history in the Christian church. There have been so many strong confessions and statements of faith that have made Christian history. But many times it's taken boldness and courage on the part of those who have made these statements to take that stand. But the Word of God says, let us hold fast our confession. And this passage points out clearly, particularly, that it is our confession that relates to Jesus as our high priest. I will tell you that I think the church most of the time just misses this. That Jesus is our high 
priest. I believe it is one of the most important functions of Jesus for us. He is our representative in the presence of God the Father, standing good for us. Every time we make the right confession or speaking out positive declarations with our mouths, Jesus has obligated himself to ensure that our confession is made good before the Father. Look what it says in chapter 3, Hebrews chapter 3. Therefore, holy brethren, partakers of a heavenly calling, consider Jesus the apostle and high priest of our confession. It doesn't say he's our high priest. It says he's our high priest of our confession. This, these last five words tell us that our confession entitles Jesus as our high priest. But the opposite, unfortunately, is also true. If we make no confession, we have no high priest. Do you hear that? He is the high priest of our confession. We must confess. I, I, I believe if you study God's word and if you hear my preaching, you're going to hear how important it is what you say. It's imp it, it will impact you negatively or it will impact you positively just in the way that you talk. But if you start speaking according to God's word, all of a sudden Jesus kicks in in his role as your high priest. Going before God for you. We have been given access to the Father. How? By Jesus. The veil was torn. We were given that access. It also says that Jesus is our advocate. You know what another word for that is today? It's a, he's our attorney. Jesus is the legal expert who is in heaven pleading our case. Did you know that? Do you know what he pleads? His blood. We plead the blood of Jesus. We do not plead innocence. We are not innocent. We plead the blood. And do you know that Jesus has never lost a case? He's never lost a case. He will never lose a case. When we approach him his way, he goes before the Father as an attorney goes before a judge, and he pleads our case, and he wins. about gives me chill bumps. If we fail to make the right confession, he has no case to plead. So the case goes against us by default. If you confess, can you see how important your confession is? So we can see how important that this step to a good year is. Let us hold fast our confession. The principle of right confession, saying the right things with our mouth, has a central place in the gospel and in our experience of salvation. I'm going to show you a scripture that with no con if there's no confession, there's no salvation. 
Look what Paul says in chapter, Romans chapter 10. I believe this is a very good explanation of salvation. It says, the word is near you. In your mouth and in your heart, that is the word of faith which we are preaching, that if you confess with your mouth Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that he was raised from the dead, you will be saved. Salvation comes by belief in your heart. And I believe these, these, these two things, you can't have one without the other. Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. What I truly believe will come out of my mouth. If I really believe the Lord Jesus is, is Lord of my life, it will come out of my mouth as a confession. Now, the combination of those two saves me. I don't save me. My belief in Christ and my confession of that belief says that I will be saved. Can anyone see the importance of your speech, of what you're saying? The basis of salvation is the word. It must be appropriated by faith and come out of your mouth. It must also in faith be in your heart and it must show through your actions, which in turn produces fruit. There are two actions to take here, one with the heart and one with the mouth. We believe with the heart, we have to confess and say it out loud with the mouth. Uh, Paul goes on to verse 10, same scripture. For with the heart a person believes, resulting in righteousness, and with the mouth he confesses, resulting in salvation. It is the confession that brings the results of salvation. Can y'all see that? But it says to hold fast your confession. I believe our salvation, I believe we do get that moment of receiving Christ as our Lord and Savior. But my saving it goes on and on and on. I can tell you at five, I did not have the stresses and the enemies coming at me at five that I have at 43. And let me tell you, I can go down now. I can, th these enemies can really still wipe me out. But not if, it's com not if my confession's coming out of my mouth. Not if I'm holding on to my confession. Hold fast to my confession. What's my confession? That Jesus is with me, that I am an overcomer, that I can do this. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I have the hope of glory in me. That's in me. The same power that raised Jesus from the dead is the power that is in me. So what could ever face me that can take me? Nothing. Except if I stop the confession. If my heart gets stopped up and it stops up my mouth. No confession, no salvation. It's good to believe in your heart, but that's not sufficient. You must say it boldly with your mouth. Making the words of your mouth agree with the word of God. Our initial confession relates us to Jesus as high priest. But his ongoing ministry of him being our high priest is contingent upon our confession. He is the high priest of our confession. Right? The whole Bible shows us that our words determine our destiny. Let me give you some scriptures. You're going to know many of these. Proverbs 18, 21. 
Death and life are in the power of the tongue, and those who love it will eat its fruit. You guys remember two weeks ago, I started the if-then, and I said, whether you believe you can or you can't, you're right. Whether you believe you can or you can't, you're right. Death and life, life and death are in the power of what you say. The tongue is either going to produce death in our lives if we make a wrong confession or life if we make the right confession. And let me tell you, what you speak out of your mouth, you're going to eat. Have you ever heard somebody after you said something say, you're going to have to eat that? That's scriptural. You will eat that. Matthew 12, verse 36. Now, this is a biggie. Every careless word that people speak, they'll give an account for. In the day of judgment. For by your words you will be justified, and by your words you will be condemned. By whose words? My words. Will I either be justified or condemned? My words. Not Satan, not God. My words. We like to blame everyone else. What's coming out of my mouth? Have you ever heard someone say, I didn't really mean it? They just said something to you, and I didn't mean that. This scripture tells me that we're going to stand before the Lord and say, "Uh, that doesn't count. It came out of your mouth. We're going to have to deal with that. I came down the stairs last night, and one of my kids were uh, at the one of the, one of our tables in our house. Um, it is our dining room, but it's really our study room. And this child's in there studying, and this child just shouts out, "I'm terrible at writing. I'm terrible." So I just shouted back, no, you're not. You're a great writer. Why would you say that? You're a great writer. Don't say that over yourself. Even if you're thinking it, don't say it. I'm not sitting here trying to force her to say I'm a great writer. Her, when, when I do that every time. Force her to say it, that you're a great writer when she's not thinking it. I don't, I'm not trying to. It is good to say it even if you're, even if you're not. We say things as though they are. It's why you speak over your spouse, that they're going to be a godly spouse. Even if they're not, you speak it as though it is. That's what faith is. And you keep speaking it until you believe it. When that belief and that speak reach, all of a sudden, God moves. So I didn't go into that. I didn't go into this. You say you're a good writer. I didn't say that. I said, you are a good writer. Stop saying it. And even if you're thinking, stop saying it. So, I mean, not two minutes later, Elizabeth comes down the stairs and she goes, I heard you say that. Don't you say that over yourself. I mean, here she comes. She's saying the same thing I just said. And I'm like, I've already talked to her. But, you know, she's, got a, she's proven her point. That's fine. Five minutes later, I'm sitting at another study table. And Elizabeth goes, I'm terrible at statistics. I'm terrible. I hate it. And I looked at her, and I told her she was this other child. And I'm like, you made an A on your last class, you're going to make an A again. 
you're going to work hard. You're going to get it. Right now, it doesn't feel like it, but you are. Everyone knows it but you. Everyone. Everyone in our house knows. She's never not made an A. It is now, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, it is hard. But what comes out of your mouth is so important. What are you saying over yourself? What are you saying over your spouse? What are you saying over your kids? Because you're going to eat it. So you might as well say something good. I like to eat things that are good. I hate to eat things that are bad. So why not say something good? You may not even mean it yet. That's okay. Have you ever heard the expression, fake it till you make it? Say it. God, your word says for me to speak good. Your word says for me to believe in faith. Help, you know what's good to pray? Help me with my unbelief. That's scriptural. The man that needed his daughter healed. I think it was his daughter. He needed her healed or, or his child healed, was having seizures and he, he, this man said to Jesus, if you're willing, if you can, is what he said, if you can. And Jesus said, if I can? What do you mean if I can? All you've got to do is believe. And the man says, I believe. Help me with my unbelief. And do you know that was enough? It was enough. Just to, out of his mouth, he said, I believe. And then he thought, I don't know that I'm believing enough. Help me. That was enough. You spoke it. I respond to what you said. Jesus walking the earth, I think, would basically say, your confession, I'm the high priest of what you just confessed. I will do that. I don't have many holy moments, but I'm having one tonight. <laughs> Y'all know I don't. I never do. But that, the guy just fulfilled the Lord's word. And he didn't even know it. He said, Jesus said, all you've got to believe, all you've got to do is believe. I believe. All of heaven moves and says, that's enough. But then he followed up with, but help me with my unbelief. I'm going to. Watch. Boom. Seizures be gone. Jesus had said earlier, how long have they been here? They've been here since he was a child. I think basically since he was born. As long as I can remember, I've had, he's had this. If you'll just believe, I believe. That's enough. That was for me. It might not have been for you. That was for me. That was for you. Hold fast to your confession. That is his response as our high priest you either make the wrong confession or you make the right confession or you make no confession. Make the right confession. Keep affirming your faith verbally. Use the positive to exclude the negative. Um, I told you, I'm, I'm going to close. I'm, I'm done tonight. But uh, I told you all, I'm trying to give you all the steps of, uh, did I not bring, put that one up? Everyone who confesses me before men, I will also confess him before my Father in heaven. But he who denies me before men, I will deny him before my Father who is in heaven. 
He responds to your confession. Um, I'm kind of going over the AA steps, and I left out step two uh, last week. So I'm going to give you step two and step three. Look at how powerful these are. Step two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. You know, I believe that that is one of the Beatitudes, someone that is in great need. Um, what is the first Beatitude? I got to think about it. I've just drawn a blank. Poor, poor in spirit. I'm in such great need. And uh, for Alcoholics Anonymous, we can see that if you can come to that point of realizing you need help, I will tell you in your walk with Christ, if you can come to that point of saying, I need help. Look at step three. Made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. That's what we sang, one of the songs we sang as you walk into the room. Did I put up the wrong thing? Oh, God as. Please. Big girl voice? Oh, there it is. Um, you know, Pastor Paul told me tonight, he said, I'm going to share that story about you. Um, because I did come into class last night. Um, I, I get in on Tuesday nights about 8, and I'm just toast. And you guys know I'm, you know, in the second quant class, and it's worse than the first one. So, you know, whatever. I'm there. But I just want to say... The Lord is showing me, see yourself how God sees you. Because it's given me perspective. And Paul even said to me last night as I was whining, at our, I think we were at the kitchen bar, I was eating dinner. And he was like, honey, you're going to do fine. You got this. Say good things about yourself. But the perspective that I get as a parent when my daughter's saying to me, I'm not a good writer. I can't do this. I stink at this. I'm not a good writer. And the perspective that I have is, yes, you are. And I totally believe it for her. Like I would never, ever believe in my wildest dreams that she could not be a absolutely fantastic writer. And so I'm like telling her, suck it up and write the paper. And you're great at this. And don't say bad things about yourself. But it's like when it's myself, when it's me, I'm like, no, really, this is bad. You don't know how bad it is. And it makes me, number one, have mercy on my kids. Number two, though, it makes me realize that as a parent, I see this beautiful, smart little girl with so much potential. And what I feel like the Lord is saying to me tonight is, you know what? Look at yourself through Father's eyes. Because he's looking at a smart beautiful person who's very capable and so that blesses me to think like that like I can do it but I also just want to tell you you can do it whatever it is you're facing I feel like God's saying to you look at yourself and see yourself how he sees you because just like we're good parents and we're looking at our kids and saying yes you can he's saying yes you can and it's time for us to say yes
We can. We can. We can. Because he's equipped us, and he's created us, and we're fearfully and wonderfully made, and our soul knows it. And so we just need to remind ourselves. Just a little friendly reminder. Look at yourself, how God sees you. Because you know what? You're beautiful. You're smart. And you can do it. You can do it. Regardless of what you're facing, you can do it. You can do it. You are favored. You are called for such a time as this. Amen. So, Father God, we just thank you for tonight, God. We thank you that you're teaching us, Lord, how to guard our hearts and how to guard our words. And, Father God, we want to be doers of your word. Father God, we don't want to just be hearers of your word, but we want to be doers of your word. So, Father God, when we hear that we need to be making confessions with our mouth, Father, that we need to say what you say, Father God. Father God, we just say tonight that we want to do it. We want to be doers of your word. Father God, help us. Holy Spirit, supernaturally equip us, Father, and teach us to look at ourselves and look at the people around us and see how you see, Father, and that we would call those things that aren't as though they are. And Father God, we thank you that you're good and you're faithful and you have a good plan. You never leave us or forsake us. And Father God, you're doing a great work in our life. And so, Father God, right now we just say, have your way, Father. Have your way because you're a good God. And we love you, Lord. And we believe that you have good things for us, Father. Thank you, Father. You're good, Lord. And we worship you tonight, Father. We're doers of your word, Father God. We just confess it with our mouth tonight, Father, that we are doers of your word. We love you, Father. It's in Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. Amen. God bless y'all. Y'all have a great week. Make a decision. Watch what's coming out of your mouth. Speak good, not evil. Amen? Bless you. Y'all have a great week.